Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Parties Podcast. On this episode, I have a special guest, Dr. Rob Kelly. Dr. Rob Kelly is a recovered alcoholic. He now helps people with addictions in drugs and alcohol through his recovery program, Dr. Rob Kelly Recovery Group. Dr. Rob Kelly has a PhD in psychology at the Oxford University a nationally certified recovery coach as well. He is also a certified NLP practitioner, certified life coach, has been featured on many podcasts, radio shows, and TV programs from The Doctors. He's also the author of Daddy Daddy Stop Drinking. In this podcast, we talk about the journey that Rob was on whilst he was an alcoholic and the challenges that he faced. And we also talk about the work that he does now in helping people to recover and regain normality in their lives. He's also helped people from the likes of Eminem uh, through his programme, recovery programme. I'm very, very humbled and grateful and honoured to have... Dr. Rob Kelly on this podcast episode. Please, please, please go and check out his work and his content. And I think, you know, this episode is really, really inspiring, motivating, and powerful. And I think you can really take something from this. So please share this to anyone that might be, you know, suffering. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Right, hi, hi Rob, how are you doing? Thank you for um, being on the podcast. 
My pleasure, Adam. Good to be here. It's going to be a good, good, uh, good thirty minutes. Yeah. No, exactly. No, it's uh, good to have you on. And um, I see that you, you've done lots of different things, like you're a um, certified life coach, NLP practitioner. Um, you've got a past working at Abbey Road Studios, and um, you help people, um, you know, recover, for, you know, through their addictions. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've got a PhD in uh, psychology and a PhD in behavioral science. So I study uh, uh, behavioral science and uh, addiction, especially the alcoholic addictive brain. Uh, I started drinking at the age of nine, and um, it, was, it was a long battle for me. So that's why I got into all this stuff. So I've kind of studied the brain for 27 years. Um, there's not a, bit, a lot, not a lot of studying going on in the brain when it comes to alcoholism. So I think everything I've been through and everything I've achieved in my life, the one thing that I couldn't get over was alcoholism. It kept knocking me on my ass every time, and I just couldn't, I couldn't understand it. So that's what got me into it. Plus, I suffered really bad. I mean, I, I suffered all through my schooling and uh, through university. I went to Oxford University, and then I was a session musician, still drinking and using. And finally, uh, about the age of 26, 27, I finally lost everything. Lost my kids, wives, houses, cars, and uh, ended up on the streets homeless. Uh, it, was, uh, it was horrendous. It really was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's it's crazy. Like how you said, how how all that you know spiraled, and you had everything, and then you ended up like you know losing it through through like you know the alcoholism, and um, like I think like you said that as well. Like um, that, that's something you know that needs to be looked at, isn't it? I think um, like you know with the brain, like you said, the brain side of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what you got to look at with alcoholism is it's not it's not the alcohol, and it's not it's not something that you can just pick up. Uh, alcoholism and mental health uh, is something that you're born with. Alcoholism is so you're born with alcoholism or the alcoholic brain, and what happens in the childhood with the trauma and the remapping of the early brain uh, defines the future. So what happens is when we pick alcohol, it becomes our comfort blanket. And then we, we mm. kind of rely on that. And if you have alcoholic tendencies, then um, it becomes more and more prevalent in life. And before you know it, day is it's the number one thing that you want to do every single day. Nothing can stop you. I mean, it's just mm. it's a crazy disease that's very misunderstood. Because mm. I was watching one of your clips when you was on um, the, the the doctors that program, and you, yeah. and you said like the realization view was when you went to buy it. And then you like you kind of froze, and you notice like, you know, is your your mindset? Yeah, and, and that was a big changer for me because up until then, alcoholism was always thought of, of alcohol being the problem, and alcohol is not the problem. Alcohol is the uh, is the solution to begin with, and then it's just a byproduct of the actual mental. I don't like to say mental injury. I'm sorry, mental no. illness. I say mental injury. Mm. So it was the byproduct of that. So you need to really understand what an alcoholic brain does. And that was one of my moments where I was grabbing the bottle and all my body started to calm down and started to stop sweating. And then before another day was, I was feeling pretty cool and the cap was still on the bottle. So I knew that more studying was needed to better understand the alcoholic brain if we were going to move forward with the disease. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like you said, that's what, 
people it's, it's like people's go-to isn't it it's all, almost automatic like if someone's feeling not okay or they feel upset or something has happened people always think i need to have a drink just to just to calm myself down and de-stress and i think like it's that switch isn't it yeah every time especially if you have alcoholic tendencies it will it will take you to excess but yeah you see everything that comes along that is um is any any worrying any nervous any change uh any threat um we will go to alcohol every time to cut like you say to calm down in the beginning but as alcoholism takes off as it did with me what you find is um you find you can't control your intake of alcohol and then after a few months or years you find out you cannot stop the intake so towards the end of my drinking I say the last four years before I came home, I didn't drink to get drunk. I drank to feel normal. And that's the difference that people don't understand. I mean, alcoholics like me, we don't drink every day to get drunk. We just drink every day to try and feel normal and survive. You know, I couldn't function without drinking half a bottle of vodka. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't get out of bed. I was shaking too much. My head was banging. I was vomiting. And then drink half a bottle of vodka and I could just, I could get up and get showered and go to work. And, and this is what people don't understand. And look at the high level. When I played at Abbey Road, I'm playing with Queen, Elton John, David Bowie. And I'm playing with all these guys. Everything I've done has uh, been in excess of, it, of the best around. So when you take a high achiever like me and a high performer, it'd be crazy to say that alcohol can take me down. But it did. And I lost everything. They took my licenses off me. They took my driving license off me. They took my houses, cars, kids, everything it took off me. And I'm living on the street, still drinking, still didn't think I had a problem. And, and it just all went wrong. And it happened very, very quick, Adam. It didn't happen overnight. You know, up, happened over, sorry, it didn't happen for a long time. It happened literally overnight for me. It was a matter, yeah, of, yeah. a matter of two or three months. And everything was done that I worked for. Millions of dollars and, and cars and houses and Porsches and Bentleys and you know, Rolex watches, and, and it was all gone within three to six mm. months. Gone. Didn't have anything. So, so like 25 grand Rolex watches for $600 to get beer. And, and uh, Fender Telecaster guitars signed by Eric Clapton for like $60 because of what it drops. Oh it's just crazy. Very, very crazy. Never want to go back there again. No. Damn. Yeah, that's insane like you know to think about that it's um it's like when you know when you was in it i suppose you're you're just like looking for that next like fix of you know that drink and you know you're not aware of almost what you're doing at the time you're just so focused on that that thing um yeah and that's what that's um, what got me because it just the alcohol seems good to begin with it was like this is great i can really perform well here and then it kind of takes over you slowly. And then before you know it, Dave, you can't even function without it. And then you're done. I mean, you, I mean you're going to die. Mm. All get locked up in the inside. I wanted to go out and kill somebody just so they locked me up. In fact, I stabbed my wife three times one night because she won't let me finish drinking. And then I got on a plane and went to Spain. And they wasn't going to let me on a plane, but I told them I was some famous footballer's uncle or something. And uh, they let me on the plane absolutely blind drunk. Otherwise, if they hadn't let me on the plane, I'd have got arrested and I'd probably be still inside by now. But by the time I got over to Spain, she calmed down. They got her back in ICU, in the emergency room. 
and then, uh, yeah. and then she wouldn't press charges. So I came back to England, and otherwise I'd have been locked up. That's how crazy that man, Jesus. Because it's like you're just on that, that you know, that that one lane almost. That you know, you just that tunnel vision. You just that you're not looking at anything else that's happening. Just next thing, next thing. Like, do do you think as well? Because you was around, you know, music stars and people in the rock and roll industry, do you think that added to it in some way? Because they, they was, you know, was they doing drink or things, you know? So you're right in that kind of scene, aren't you? So like, yeah, Dev, it, it it contributed like a hundred percent because everybody was on stuff and everybody was drinking like crazy. I remember going back after a session at Abbey Road to Elton John's Hotel, which was the Savoy Hotel in London. We're in the penthouse suite and we're, and we're doing coke and, and, and drinking everything. It's like, does life get any better than this? You know? And then I thought I was going to be there for the rest of my life. I thought I was going to hang around stars and become a multi-millionaire and, and just be a pop star. And it was just amazing. And all of a sudden, everything started to come away. And Jesus. Hmm. It's, and it's like that, that high, isn't it? And the thing is, people... You know, like you see it in in, uh, in movies, you know, a bit like the Wolf of Wall Street. People are, you know, always reaching for that high. And then there's that come down, isn't there? And then people, are, you know, wanted to go back to that. And they're caught on that, like, on that hamster wheel kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Even if you know that it's going to kill you. Because I, I died twice on the streets and they brought me back. I tried to commit suicide six times. And twice they actually, my heart stopped and I died on the streets. But when I came around, they took me to the hospital, obviously, in the psych ward in a mental hospital. But as soon as I come out, I went straight drinking again. And I ain't quite well where it would take me. It's like I jumped back on a hamster wheel, like you say, and you know, there's no getting off it for me. I, I, I made my mind up and come to peace with the fact that I was gonna die on the streets. I had no problems with dying. I tried to jump off buildings drunk and fell the wrong way, fell backwards instead of forward. I jumped in front of a train and some, some two guys jumped on the track and pulled me off. It's just crazy, the, my, the things I did and the scripts I got into. I tied myself to a train track once, and as the train come towards me, it took a different route, and I'm, I'm left tied to this freaking train track in the rain. It was just laughable, but uh, I didn't want to live. I wanted to die. I wanted to die. It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. And I think, like, it's amazing what you've done to turn your life around, you know, from all those things that have happened to get, you know, to get on the straight and narrow and, be, and to be helping people who have been in, you know, once in your shoes in the past. I, mean, that's, I yeah. think it's, you know, really inspiring and motivating and amazing. I think if anybody's out there struggling and anybody's out there in my position or depressed or bipolar or all in life, I want to get better. So you've got to ask yourself a couple of questions. First of all, how bad do you want to improve your life? How bad do you want to do it? And if you really want to improve your life, anybody can do it. Anybody can improve their life. Anybody can be whatever they want to be. It's all in the mind. If you can visualize it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. If people don't realize this, how powerful the brain is and how powerful that once we realize who we are as individuals, how much power we actually have as human beings, mm. and we use that power. Mm. So if I wanted to be the best, I don't know, the best counselor in the world, the best soccer player, football player, I mean, you put your mind to it and you go about it and you don't let anything else stop you and you can improve. And that's what I did. My dream was to come to America, uh, be a TV star, earn be a millionaire, drive a Mercedes McLaren, uh, live in a million dollar house, and work 
online for the rest of my life and all that's come true. I do, I, all that has come true. I do drive a, a Mercedes McLaren. I do live in a million dollar house. I am a self-made millionaire. You know, all these things have come true. Uh, but mm -hmm. You've got to want it bad enough. That's all it is. And people mm -hmm. don't think that they go, oh, I could never be that bullshit. You could be anybody you want to be. And you could be as rich or as poor as you want to be or as happy and as sad as you want to be. You've just got to put your mm -hmm. mind to it and go, you know something, the guy that's already there doing that job, living that life, dating that girl, driving that car, is no better than the guy wanting to do it. He's just, he has a, more, a better desire than you. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. He wants it work more than you want it. There's no, there's no reason why you can't achieve your dreams, guys. It's just, it's, it's possible. It's out there. Stop saying it's impossible and stick an apostrophe in there and say, I'm possible. Stop saying impo nothing's impossible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, Rob. And I think, like, you know, what you said that, you know, it is possible. I think, like, like you said, you know, you, you know, turned your life around. And, and that's, you know, when you think of all those events and those things that happen, you know, some people just think, you know, you know, it's not possible to get out of something like that. Like you said, it is. And that, you know, it's through choice. And I think people are so caught up in that victim mode and they're, they're, they're playing on this story of why they are who they are. And there's all these, you know, like a blueprint almost. Yeah. And like you said, if you really want it, it's there for you. You just got to put the work in. And like you said, you know, you, you've got these things that you manifested, you know, time, you know, time ago and you're, you know, you're, you're a product of that and you work for that. And it, and it comes to fruition. It will come to fruition every single time, whether it's a big thing you want or a small thing, it makes no difference. It's like, you know, you see someone driving in that nice BMW or something, there's no reason why you can't have that. Just make a plan, visualize mm. it, make it happen, period. You know, it's just mm. like, people are already there don't want you to know this. You know, people who are successful don't really want anybody to know that being successful has got nothing to do with how clever you are, what university you went to, what your flipping IQ is. It's got nothing to do with that. It's taking chances. People today, in today's world, um, don't take chances. They make practical decisions based on fear. So they let fear run their lives. I'm going to say to someone now that makes so much sense and will surprise people. Some of the biggest multi-millionaires or billionaires in the world uh, don't own anything. Amazon don't own any stock. Airbnb don't own any houses. Uber don't own any cars. It's just a matter of getting into a place where you, you can succeed and become that person and, and want it better than the person next to you. Mm. Yeah, and that's a fine point. I think, like you said, that, you know, like Uber and, you know, Airbnb, like they, didn't, they don't own the things that, you know, they, that, 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 you know, are within their product. Um, it's like, you know, that, that pattern of thinking, isn't it? That mindset. It's like if you see a nice car, it's like some people think, oh, I, I can't afford that. And it's like, well, yeah, okay, if you can't afford that, you know, flip it around, say, you know, one day I'll have that. And I think it's, we, we can be wired to be negative sometimes or we, we pick up on things from the past or, what, or beliefs from what people say to us. And then, yeah. we, you know, we, we just consume all this negativity from people and things and these limited beliefs, you know, from the past. And, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I, think, I think as well with what you're doing, like, 
what 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 um what is the starting point for someone who um is addicted or you know stuck with alcoholism you know because you have a program and a course i suppose yes we do and uh, you know you can call us or look me up online well i haven't through that but call, talk to somebody if, if you if you're taking too many drugs and, and it's and it's not weekend only it's during the week or you're drinking during the week and every day or you've been drinking talk to somebody that's the that's the first step is talk to somebody and see if you have a really problem there's a big difference between uh some guy who goes out on a friday and saturday night and gets wasted and someone who goes out and drinks alcoholically on a friday saturday and sunday night there's a big difference and you just have to realize the difference so get help seek somebody talk to us call us up we'll ask you a few questions and then you can self-diagnose yourself if you need help but there's always help out there and don't be embarrassed. Don't be full of fear and go, well, I don't want to get on because if anybody finds out, it's like most, most of the successful people that you see out there, including soccer players, football players, rugby players, business owners are alcoholics. They just don't tell everybody. But the addicted alcoholic brain is the smartest brain in the world. And once we come off alcohol and drugs and redirect it into business, or into sport, or into women, or boy, whatever it is, then we become absolutely amazing at that topic. So if you are struggling, don't think it's, it's all crap and this is all bad news. It's not. It's good news. I've seen so many people succeed. The addicted brain will get what the addicted brain wants. And right now, if you're struggling, it wants alcohol or drugs. You can change that around. I guarantee you can change that around 100%. Guarantee you can change that around. Mm. Yeah, no, that's exactly yeah, and it's like I I've worked in hospitality for like many years, you know, hotels and restaurants, and um, the I mean the amount of people I've worked with, like chefs or managers, who are you know knocking it back a lot, you know, whilst they're working. Sometimes I remember I had a manager, and he was drinking Coke, you know, Diet Coke, and he was like his hand was shaking when he was drinking it, and I was like looking at him, and I was like, I was like that's not, I was like that's not just Coke. It was rum and coke. He was knocking back double rums and coke at like twelve o'clock in the day, because you know it's such a stressful industry. A lot of people, you know, taking drugs and drinks, and it's crazy to witness like the amount of staff we had come and go. You know, and it was all down to drinking and drugs. And I was like, there's got to be something, you know, breaking point with somewhere where these people reach out for help. But it's got. Would you say it's got to ultimately come from that person? They've got 100%. to want to change. Hundred percent. Yeah, nobody can change for you. Nobody can get you to change. Nobody can lead you to change. It's just, you, you're going to get it one day and you're going to have enough of it. I've had enough of this crap. You know, I want better in my life. Now, if you're an alcoholic, you've got a good chance of dying of the disease. You've got a good chance of drinking yourself to death, uh, driving drunk, getting killed, uh, leaving a chip pan on, whatever it may be. Mm. There's a high chance. But if you get one more and you go, that's it, I want to change. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this life. You know, I'm sick of getting up, feeling, getting ill. You see, what we have to decide, you're not a bad person trying to be good. You're a sick person who needs to get well. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. And if you and if you want to take that step, make it today. You know, just give it a try today. And if you think you've got a if you think you've got a problem with alcohol or drugs and you're not sure, so you don't want to seek help in case you embarrass yourself, try coming off it for a month. Don't touch anything for a month. If you can do it, you stand a pretty good chance of being okay. But if you can't and you find yourself drinking or using drugs during that month, then you probably got you probably got a problem. Mm. Yeah, it must it must feel very rewarding, you know, seeing people 
go through your program and seeing people develop and, and grow and change, you know. Yeah, definitely. It is. I mean, we got some of the biggest stars in the world. Uh, Robbie Downey Jr., Eminem, they're all my guys. They all came to me for help and they helped them through it. So when you see them guys go back and record albums and, you know, Robert goes back and makes one of the biggest movies of his life uh, and all the other guys that, that come here, um, then you know that we're doing something right. And it is very, very rewarding. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Yeah. No, I, see, I mean, that, that, I think that's one of the crazy things, isn't it? You see a lot of successful people, you know, who are actors, movie stars, and you'd never have thought that they would have been, you know, in that place, you know, X time ago. The crazy thing is, and it is where everyone starts to freak out, <laughs> is everybody's got an addiction. Everybody has got an addiction. Mm. So mm. It's, it's about finding your addiction, and then, then you have to uh, decide whether it's a good addiction or a bad addiction. And any addiction to the extreme, dieting, the gym, whatever it is, any addiction to the extreme is harmful uh, in some way. And you have to yeah. you have to weigh up the harm against the the the, uh, the negative against the positive of what you're doing with that addiction. So if you're going to the gym every day and dieting every day, do you have a problem with eating? Do you have a problem with uh, you know all sorts of eating diseases that can come up? Uh, so if you're healthfully doing it, it's great. But if you're not. Everybody has something that they over exerting. Every, every single one of us has. Mm. But we need to look at that, you know. Mm. We're not special when we have an addiction. It's just that some addictions show more than others. When my friend goes to the gym, mm. he goes every single day and he can't miss it. Nobody says a word about him. I go out and drink every day, cause havoc, get locked up, and spend 20 grand on a vendor somewhere, and everyone goes crazy for me. It's like some addictions yeah. are good, some addictions are bad, you know? Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, um, I think it's it's being having that self awareness, isn't it? And just kind of like looking at the things that you do. I mean, I I used to drink a lot of coffee. I got into the habit of drinking a lot of coffee because I like it and it's addictive when I was working in hotels. And I remember I, I was having some days four <laughs> four to five. And then I was like, now I'll have probably one or two. I mean I had one now. But I, I've I've been aware of that and you know, I'll, I'll work out, but I'll have rest days. Like you said, they're, they're good and bad, like addictions. And I think, you know, we've all got that one thing that we like to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, would, would you recommend any, like, books or anything like that that you, you like? Uh, there's an amazing book out there called Daddy, Daddy, Please Stop Drinking. Uh, it's my book. That's uh, yours. If you go to Amazon, yeah. Yeah, if you go to Amazon and, I mean, I only say this because... Uh, we, we're not earning anything off it. Every, every, every dime or every penny, whatever you are in the world, goes to back into the community, goes back to people. But it's Daddy, Daddy, Please Stop Drinking. It's on Amazon. Just go on there, put my name in, or put the title of the book in, it comes. It's a great read. It talks about addiction, but most of all, it talks and gives advice to people who want to succeed in their life of how mm -hmm. to go about it. It gives some good mental tools and mental tips on how you can get there to a place where nobody can stop you. And there's millions of people doing this on a daily basis, you know. And when mm. I come across it, I didn't believe how easy it was once I started to believe in myself. Mm. Yeah. No, exactly, Robin. I mean, like, I, I, I think it's really inspiring what you're doing. You know, it's really, really positive and it's really, you know, powerful, you know, because it gives people hope. I mean, because lots of people out there who, I think especially through COVID, people have probably been drinking more. 
um, you know, through stress. Yeah. Uh, alcohol sales in Texas alone have gone up by 36% in the last three months. So that gives you an idea of, uh, of what it's all about. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I applaud you for, you know, for the work that you do. And, you know, I really, I really, really appreciate you um, coming on to my podcast and, um, and talking about, you know, your experiences and, you know, the, the issues around alcoholism and drugs. My pleasure, absolutely. It's always good to inform people. If you need any more, just go to the website, guys, robcalley.com. We'll, uh, we'll give you some information. Uh, if you're not sure, no matter where you are in the world, if you've got WhatsApp, call the number. We'll talk to you. We'll give you some advice. I'm not going to crush you anything. Uh, my team, I'll look after you. And uh, if you really want to speak to me, just tell them. You'll get put through to me. I'll speak to you. won't crush you anything. Mm. And, uh, just for guys with this podcast and listen to it. Yeah, get in touch. Let's get you some help. Let's get you in the right direction. Get your life back. Yeah. No, certainly. Certainly, Rob. No, but um, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely put your your details and your links because you've got you've got lots of you got lots of YouTube links to uh, like interviews you've had and shows that you've been on and radio. Yes. So I'll put all your details in there for you. Excellent. Sounds good. No, but thank you, thank you, Rob, for the chat. I really, really appreciate you being on my podcast, and really means a lot. And I think you're doing amazing in your work. Thank you, Adam. I really appreciate it. It's great to be on there. We'll do it again real soon. Yeah, of course. All right, buddy. Take care of yourself. Bye, guys. Yeah, yeah. You too. Take care. Cheers, Rob. Bye, everyone. Cheers, Rob. Initially, you might think about I would like to make painting in canvas or it's like sketching. Even if it's sketching, then I would like to make a doodle art or a mandala. So you will become more specific. What is your niche area? Now, if you like, even in the podcast, what I noticed for you is you have been more into personal development, right? Mm. So there might be some people who are doing podcasts or only relationship or only health or only spirituality, right? So this is your the area your forte because there's something which interests you mm. so everybody has different area of interest you need to identify what that interest is now once you do it you get to that specific thing then you can actually start you know connecting that purpose that what you have what is your passion with a purpose so you can start helping people you know you can like your intent can be to serve people now how are you serving by sharing right mm. so this is this is way. So initially, it might happen that you have to do it for free, mm. free in the sense, uh, you know, charging or such things. Uh, you might do it for some end, like if suppose it's a painting or it's an event management, you might do it for an NGO. Or if suppose mm. you are a designer, the graphic designer, you might do it for some, some you know, some uh, fundraising events or something. So I'm just giving mm. sample of examples. So you can start doing for free because you will learn a lot, and that's kind of a service which you're doing. But trust me, if you do it, there would be a time when you will be very successful. 
because people will know to whom to look at if you want to get this thing done and then you will start earning so that fame and name and money and everything will definitely follow it's just initial time you have to do a lot of work but Mm. end result is you're getting what you always wanted to do and it's that mm. happiness what you're loving right yeah uh, i also feel there are times when people just say let me finish my i don't have time i have a family and i have my children and i have this job and i don't have time so i do it after i get retired mm. but i feel uh, see that time never comes and we can't wait for retirement because we've not even seen if we'll able to reach that retirement i mean mm. life is so unpredictable so how can you just you know just delay till then and also i mean it is not always money which is to be given it is your time and efforts also so even if you will, if you give it on a weekly basis but it just makes your life alive so that's what mm. i think yeah no I, i i completely agree agree with you and i think you made some really good points and i think like um time and you know the, the excuses people use you know like saying oh i'm too busy i haven't got time and yeah i understand you know people were busy and you know they've got their own lives but you know just making that a little bit of time even if it's half an hour a day and i talk about compound interest sometimes and you know it's like if you do that 1% of something each and every day or however however many days that 1% is going to build over time you know whatever that is yes. and that's you know what i've learned you know if that's like working out if that's reading if that's podcasting whatever you know it's going to build bit by bit and you know it's just making that little bit of time and not waiting to retire to do it you know or because that's some you know it's it's just like that kind of mindset some people have and i i think like you said as well with with niches and finding your thing is is key like you kind of have to find your kind of like why and that kind of like i said that 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 ladder to the the thing within that thing that you're doing like i said you could be doing a podcast or you could be doing dancing but what are you doing within that um you know that's that's something i'm still figuring out in coaching you know like like in life can you hear me okay Okay. Am I talking See, too fast? Am I talking too fast? Is okay. No, no, no. Fine. <laughs> and, and actually, it's right. See, we are always figuring out. It's always a journey. So it doesn't happen like overnight that you will, you know, just discover. I got a dream. This is my life purpose. No, it doesn't happen. It's always a process, and it's like an onion. You know, it gets revealed mm. slow by slow, slow by slow. But that journey is also very beautiful. Like. You kind of learn a lot during that, so it's lovely. Yeah, because I I did a podcast with this guy recently. Um, I haven't published it yet, but he said it's like we need to be like a caterpillar. Okay. And he said, you know, the cat the perspective of a caterpillar, you know, it's on the ground, it's seeing everything so big, and he says we need to get uncomfortable, yes. you know, in that cocoon. and then go through that process and then so when you come out as a butterfly yeah. you see things in a different perspective you see things in a different way which yeah. i think is quite a good way to look at things isn't it yeah and i completely believe that i also completely believe this it's before becoming a butterfly you always have to go through that journey 
that cocoon from cocoon to butterfly and if suppose you do not go through it if suppose you get a lot of help you will be handicapped you know because you will not be able to uh, live that life on your own because you were dependent on others to helping you out of that cocoon so you actually have to do it yourself you have to take the responsibility that yourself and if you do it yourself of course it's going to be very hard very struggling but you will gain a lot of confidence yes i did it so that thing after that is also very uh, you know i mean so much satisfying because you did it yourself so mm. so rather than i mean you know like uh, on others depending on others that he's going to come to me as a savior and no and the blaming he did not come or my parents did not do that so it's rather let's take control of ourselves be responsible for ourselves and if you feel responsible for yourself you create your own life what you want so that's something which is essential mm yeah yeah no i i agree and i think like you feel better you feel more like you know satisfaction through doing you know yourself and going through it and coming out of it Like I, I see, I see on your LinkedIn, like you, um, God, it is. You, you went, try, you travelled, and you helped loads of people. There's like a, I think on your your banner photo, you yeah. you're with loads of uh, school kids, is it? No, no, there are school kids. Yeah, I did a, I did a workshop for yoga teachers. So that was nice. they are young people, but yes, I did around seventy five people where I did a workshop. on a small workshop a four hour workshop on forgiveness and self love so it's like managing your emotions and self love so we did a, this workshop um uh, 75 of them yeah it was an amazing experience and mm. uh the same things what i talked about because everybody has some or the other emotions which is inside mm. and which is kind of blocking their you know their paths mm. so we need to get those things out because just understand it's like a cup if you don't take those negativity out you can't put some positivity inside and negativity mm. is so much there across us like if you see news if you see newspapers you see whatever there's a lot of more negativity rather than because we kind of focus on negativity we kind of don't mm. focus on positivity so we have to take that out and we have to start filling it positivity Mm. So I still remember there was this guy who asked me, "Why I have to fill positivity? I don't have to fill negativity. It just goes in." So I said, "Because yeah. you see newspaper, you see news, news, you see, and the kind of people talk to everybody, it's more like negative things. More, you know, this happened, this happened, all those stuff. So negativity is so much happening. We don't even realize that we are so much prone to negativity. Even at the TV, if you see, uh, like, especially in India, the serials, this." like you know the mother in law doing this thing to the daughter in law so there's a lot of such things all negative negative stuff happening the robberies and so much crimes so mm. that is so much in there in there that we don't even realize that we are filling our cup with negativity but when mm. we fill with positivity it takes us so much pain because we have not done that before we are not used to it in, even in our schools mm. we are not taught about so that is why my second thing comes into picture is about gratitude mm. and this gratitude is something which is like so essential because uh what gratitude does is it changes it shifts your focus so you start actually mm. focusing on what good happened in your life today so mm. i actually ask everybody of my friends to make a gratitude journal or you know for 10 minutes at least write down what all good things happened throughout your day today and it has to be like i am grateful for 
to like i'm grateful to my mom for cooking a good food for me so like you have mm. to mention the person as well as why you are and uh, like you won't uh, like for 7 days for 10 days probably things will not you will not realize but after mm. continuous doing for 21 days you will definitely you have to feel that difference you will feel yourself very positive you will feel that things positive things happening to you because that is what like attracts like so you are mm. you know you are actually thinking those positive stuff so it definitely will happen to you and another thing what i have realized is uh we actually are gifted in a lot of things so if you look at our human body i mean i'm able to see i'm able to talk i'm able to listen but we don't say grateful for that so we don't it is our focus where we focus on we are not focusing on what what is good things happening to us so we need to shift our mindset and that's something which is very really essential so um you know this this is something this is a different lifestyle altogether it will not happen in two days 21 days even there are times when 21 days i practice gratitude and then there was like i'm done i don't want to do it more <laughs> things are happening good and you always falter it's like normal then again there was some time which was not good so again i started again so then then later on after a year or two it started becoming a lifestyle and so you start doing it and now you don't even have to sit in a place you can just drive your car and start being grateful you know mm. you have to be creative your ways there was a friend of mine now while she was bathing she was bathing and she used to be grateful oh i'm grateful my cook came i'm grateful this happened <laughs> so that's how so you can be grateful as such you don't have to find out a separate time for it yeah yeah No, I agree, and I think being you know having that gratitude list is like a big thing, and I think it really helps because it kind of gives you that perspective as well. It kind of makes you quite ground. It kind of grounds you, I find, in you know the present moment, yes. and you start to see things in a different way. You know, even the I think the small things as well. Like I, I've started doing it. You know, I, I try and do it every day, but. Um, I like, you know, I write down, you know, I'm grateful for, you know, nature, you know, and things like that. Things that you don't really usually think about, you start yes. finding, you know, gratitude for and um because and it makes you realize that, you know, there's people out there who've got it, you know, worse than you probably and you know the things that you might not appreciate so much, other people appreciate probably 10 times over. So, it, you know, you appreciate the small things, isn't it? Have quite a big impact. And like you yes. said, you know, you 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 might after a while um, start doing it automatically if you're in the shower or if you're walking or something. Yeah. Yes. So you don't have to. You can be creative. You don't have to be like that fixed about it. That I have to sit mm. for a journal and do it. So you can be very creative. Mm. And that's how it is. Yeah. No, it's it's really. I think it's really important to talk about these things because I think like it's something that isn't really taught. Like these things we've been talking about, it's not something that's taught in education. And I think like if yeah. it was, there'd probably be a lot less problems. Exactly. You know? um, I I always felt the same. Like I came to know about secret the law of attraction and this gratitude, and all these things like holistic health and everything. So late, once even I was did my I have done my MBA and then I had time for myself. So I discovered it. So I always used to wonder if I had known in my like you know childhood. So when I was working for my entrance, I would have just made a vision board. I would have started practicing gratitude. Things would yeah, have been yeah. so easier rather than you know just. so much working hard and everything cuz 
of course you have to work hard i don't deny it but you can always have use some mind power to achieve your goals which mm. we are not yet taught so and uh, and also there's one thing like of course the schools do not teach this where uh, of course uh, like the parents have become more conscious these days so i'm happy that a lot of people parents i come to know they are teaching their children gratitude and everything so i'm quite happy about it uh, there is a very good book on robin sharma by robin sharma on family wisdom where he also talks about these things like if you mm. do yourself these things your children will try them so rather than mm. telling your children do not watch tv and start studying you can start reading a book and your children mm. will follow and even they will start reading some books have a library at home so there are small things which even we just can blame the parents i mean we just can blame the schools even the parents becoming conscious can start doing for their kids and mm. yeah no I, i completely agree and um i've i've got a good friend of mine that i do podcasts with uh most weeks called uh safran he's he's based in india um west west bengal bengal is he based yes 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 there's and, west bengal he he told me that i know like in india like family is very important in your culture yes. and he said like to me that when he has dinner with his family um you know there's no phones at the table you know dinner is very important i mean it's it's probably different for each family but he was saying you know they try not to go on the phone they ask about their day and i think like but in in the western world like i've worked in restaurants and hotels and people have had children and they just plunk an ipad or a phone in front of them and i'm like just give give them a book or talk to them or you know and i think that there's that come after that's the importance of like you know connectedness isn't it i mean yes it's not something we really think about but it's these key social skills isn't it and i think as yeah. people we need to talk we need to listen and if you can start that at an early age then i think you know it's it's great yeah and that's really good that for you know, at least in india you have a lot of people to hear you out and like you know but i think uh, when we had joint families where the families were living together we had this thing in india where see father father's mother and father and even so you know those kind of big huge families when living together such kind of mental health issues were very less and even the children got a lot good um, you know the parenting was really good because they had so many people to talk about and all those things now what has happened is when the parents both the parents are working and a child feels lonely and then he doesn't have people to express and so comes a lot of mental health issues which are emerging and it's because of that because a lot of and even in metros there's a lot of time which gets wasted on roads because on commuting mm. so then you have a very little time for your family there's a friend of mine she tells me my husband goes 8 in the morning comes back 10 in the night you know already he's so tired mm. then of course he's not able to meet his child much and you know talk of course mm. the corona has gifted people this way because we have yeah. a lot of time with their families <laughs> so yeah kind of kind of very grateful that at least parents are able to see their children growing up mm. otherwise they were just rushing rushing money money and that's mm. life that's how so a lot of time for introspection i feel yeah what is working what is not working where they can bring a change about mm yeah no i agree i i've known a lot of people during this time to 
build businesses, you know, on, on the side, leave their job and they've discovered new things, you know, through this time. So it's like a silver lining to it, you know, like on one side, okay, it's bad, but then on the other side, there's all this other goodness, you know? Yeah. Right. Do do you um do you have any favorite books at all? I mean, you mentioned a few books, but do you have any favorites? Okay, so I I think the entire Robin Sharma series, and especially mm. the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, Discover Your Destiny. Mm. I mean, these are one of my favorite books. Then I have Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. Mm. Um, there's another book by Louise Hay, The Power Is Within You. So these books are really good. And this will help you to st- stop blaming others for your happiness. You will start becoming more independent towards you. Mm. And a third thing, uh, one which is very good book, but which is of a different genre, uh, that is uh, Paramhans Yogananda's The Autobiography of a Yogi, if you have heard mm. about. So Autobiography of a Yogi, that book has something. I mean, I can't express it, but when you read that book, it just takes you to another level. So I recommend that book as well. Mm. And um, another book which has personally helped me a lot when I talked about I lost five kg. So the book which was mm. responsible for was uh, Radical Forgiveness. That is by mm. Colin Tipping. It's Radical Forgiveness. It's very very easy to understand. And it's like connecting the spirituality into emotions. There's one thing more I want like to talk about. Mm. Like I was, I always felt that I was very spiritual person. So Mm. I felt a little different. I felt like I'm not, you know, everywhere I'm not able to adjust. And uh, probably I was not like the same age group. The friends of mine of the same age group, probably they like something which I did not and all those things. So I felt a little different in that way. Um, But then, uh, and so we all feel that we are spiritual and so I'm different. So there's something which there are times when people feel like that. But then I also realized while I was into HYL, Heal Your Life work, that we kind of suppress our emotions. And we kind of suppress our emotion and we directly go to the spiritual level and say, oh, we should not have anger for anybody. We should not have uh, guilt. I mean, not, you know, I should not feel bad for him because he did this to me. Uh, That is his karma. And I shouldn't get into all of that because that's my karma and all those things. But I realized while I was into Heal Your Life work that of course I have a right to feel bad when he did this to me. Hmm. But the only thing is rather than thinking bad for him, I have a positive way to vent it out. I can do a Hmm. journaling. I can do a release letter and I can burn it out. So at least it's very essential to take all that anger out because if I don't take that anger out, Mm. it's going to 